How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Well, good afternoon. Welcome in Sports Radio, WEEI. It's Christian Arcan. It's Megan Adelini. And uh, we're here on this Thursday, the 19th of January, uh, doing fine after a raucous holiday party last yeah. night out in uh, out in Marlboro. We had a great time at Apex Entertainment Center. I love that place. Um, we got there. We left here at 6. We got there right around 7, right? Just about. Traffic was not an easy go. Traffic was a little tough on, God uh, on bless the pike there. everyone who lives out there. And I don't mean to say out there like it's so far away. It is. Because it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it, is. it is not that far away. It's the traffic close. on the pike is freaking Nightmare. You have to go two other uh, highways you, from the pike. That means it's far. No, <laughs> you have to go no, on not three even, highways I'm to get there. I'm not even yes. talking about getting there. Uh-huh. Like getting past Wellesley from tough. here. I'm like, how the hell do people do this every day? Um, we got there just in time to take a picture and then leave. <laughs> Basically, we pretty got much. There. We walked in. Everyone was hey, great picture. RK Mega Jones was there. We all, you know, if we go to our Instagram, the uh, Jones and Mega Instagram, you'll see uh, the first picture of the three of us together, which was cool. I made and, um, two new best friends. That's right, and uh, we also. Uh, right after that picture was taken, they basically said, all right, now everybody go. Last call. Let's get out of here. Let's pack up. Let's go. And that's tough for me because, as I've told you, I love Apex Entertainment. And we were there for such a brief amount of time that I didn't have time to go bowling. I didn't have time to play pool. No popper shot. No go-karts. No uh, laser tag. All the things I wanted to do, I had to sit there and talk to everybody and, you know, pretend like I wasn't just thinking about which games I wanted to play and in which order. And then, as it turns out, the thing's over. I didn't get to do any of it. I didn't realize that the party started at four. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, they were partying all day. Seven. So everybody was like, oh, man, I just played like uh, I played five games of I don't know. You don't play five games of bowling. You bowl five you games. Roll five yeah. Games, so yeah. they were like, and I was like, when? When did this start? What is going on? It was like a, a Monday night tailgate. <laughs> Over yeah. in Foxboro. They were just there all day, camped out. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was good to see everybody. I finally got to meet people from the morning show. That's the one show I haven't met anybody really? from so far. Yeah. Because I never see him. So you met almost everybody from it? Uh, met. Because uh, Courtney was on dog duty. She Courtney was, was not puppy. there, but I did meet uh, the Hillman for the first time ever and in my they life. They hate us because they jealous of us. Uh, rubbed some elbows there with Wiggy, who I actually had met before because uh, we uh, worked together at the old place. But um, that was uh, Shine was there and uh, Curtis was there, and it was great to meet all of them and hang out with all of them. I knew some of them too, obviously, but uh, it was my first time meeting Hillman, and uh, it was great. I had a great time. It was fun. I just uh, wish we could have stayed longer because by the time we got there, the thing was over. I got to meet Mrs. Wiggins, and I got to meet Mrs. Jones, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, like why don't I get to do shows with these incredible women? Instead, I had to do shows with their husbands. I smell a podcast. It's just like... Ken, we got an idea! 
I'm like, ah, oh, these women are so smart and funny and insightful, and they should have the microphones. Mm-hmm. That was my takeaway. And what are they doing with these guys? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, my wife could not make it because we have the baby at home, and that was her excuse. And it's a great excuse. It works on everything. It really does. I could have skipped that party and said, hey, baby, you know, what do you want from me? But I didn't. I'm a team player, and I showed up. See, I like having the dog because mm-hmm. I can still go to things. But when I start getting bored, I'm like, I got to let the dog out, guys. Right. Sorry. Got to get home. This like, party's can't awesome. Have, <laughs> like, this is this has been so fun. But I like this damn dog, you know. Meanwhile, I get home, and the dog's like asleep on her back in yeah. bed and doesn't care if I'm home or not. But... And then I don't have to be responsible for raising a human life. There so. you go. Uh, anyway, great uh, host as always over at Apex Entertainment Center. They were great to us. Everyone had a good time. I was listening this morning. Apparently, Jackson had a really good time. Uh, did, you see, did you talk to Jackson Could you all? not figure that out in the moment? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Is that Jackson's always kind of like that? <laughs> if you talk to Jack, remember when Jackson would like drop in and we were like, "Where are you from, Jackson? Like, what's that accent?" Because you don't know, you can't tell. He says he's from Hyde Park, but I don't know anybody from Hyde Park who ever lived there that talks like That's that. That's that Mattapan accent. I mean, I don't know what that is, but uh, yeah, Jackson was there. He's having a good time, but I feel like Jackson. Uh, everybody assumes certain things about him, and that's just not true. It's just how he is. He's like, no, I haven't been. I haven't been drinking all day. I'm not. I'm not blackout drunk. This is just how I talk and how I look and sort of my natural demeanor. His I think that's what people thought about. His coworkers on the morning show were saying that about him. Like people who interact with him every single day were saying it on the morning show. He he came up and introduced himself to me, and I was like, Jackson, we have worked together. <laughs> we know each other. And oh, then, <laughs> so I don't have Jackson drop, so I play the horse. It's <laughs> <laughs> best I could do. Oh, that's the best. Um, anyways, that was a good time last night. Everyone had fun. Jackson had the most fun. And uh, we wake up this morning and find out there's more movement in the uh, NFL coaching carousel as the Buccaneers cleaning house Byron Leftwich out. And uh, now we're also finding out the Ravens will need a new offensive coordinator as Greg Roman has decided to step away. Also, Sean Jefferson who I loved when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. He was one of my favorite uh, Patriots when I was growing up. Uh, Sean Jefferson interviewing for the Patriots offensive coordinator job. Let's go ahead and start there. Uh, Another name thrown into the ring now. Jefferson is the second ex-wide receiver to get an interview here. He did not play for Bill when he was here with the Patriots. I think it was um, uh, Pete the Poodle's years uh, there in the 90s. I may be off uh, by a year or two there, but... He was either that or Parcells, whichever. Not a Belichick guy. So how do you feel about Sean Jefferson and his candidacy? He was associate head coach and wide receivers coach with Arizona, who we were just sort of making fun of yesterday. It's interesting to me in the sense of what could have been if Cliff Kingsbury hadn't decided to flee North America, like flee the continent to Thailand. Because, again, I said this a little bit yesterday, and I don't mean this to say that these are not qualified candidates or that the Patriots aren't seriously considering them. But I do feel like it seems like Bill Belichick is on like a curiosities tour where (laughs) he wants to hear from from all of these different, you know, past players who are now coaching and who have coached in really in systems that he's very interested in. Mm -hmm. West Coast systems, Cliff Kingsbury's system. And to be able to, like, tap into their brains a little bit and get a sense of what else is going on. Because I wonder if seeing the way that it went when he was trying to put the West Coast system in the Shanahan uh, outside zone running schemes and he didn't have the people in the building for that. When he was trying to put that in, if he started feeling like he was a little bit behind. And I just say that because he was with the Josh McDaniel system 
And that worked great with the personnel and the coaching that they had for many years. So he didn't have to innovate. You don't have to fix something that's not broken. Like you may not have had the personnel out there at times, especially in two, in 2019, in order to execute it at the level that you expect yourself to. Mm-hmm. But I, they didn't. They weren't out of step once Tom Brady left and Josh McDaniels left. Then I think he starts looking around and realizing, well, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other stuff that's been innovated. And I just want to tap in and see what these guys think about how that works, where they've been under these big brains. And the big brain I'd like to go to is out in Thailand right. on a one-way ticket. It <laughs> seems that way. Um, that does just make it all the more baffling why Bill Belichick would, knowing all those things you just said, and I agree with everything you just said, would have turned to the two people that he turned to. Is it Wasn't it arrogance? It. Can yes, you say that it, it demonstrates some arrogance? He Matt thought Jones that he could ran the offense. He ran the system. Up. Anybody can run the system. Any coach can coach it. Any quarterback can quarterback it. I'm the man. Then yeah, let's go ahead and just run it all out and, uh, and and keep things going from the year before. And it blew up in his face spectacularly. Um, how about Greg Roman stepping away from Baltimore? Would that imply, I think it would, that Lamar Jackson's also leaving? Because if not then Baltimore, add that to the list of uh, potential offensive coordinator landing spots that are more attractive than New England, I would say. If Jackson's still there, if he's not, then it's well below you. It's probably down at the bottom if, you know, it's Snoop Huntley and the rest of those guys because they don't have a very impressive offense outside of their tight end. Um, Roman stepping away, a potential offensive coordinator candidate here, although that seems like a lateral move. Um, What are you thinking about Greg Roman and his – his news today that one is huge to me in a couple different ways i you know he's he is the architect of the lamar jackson offense but i also wonder whether that might i'm not like this is pure outside speculation but does that indicate in any way that maybe there were some clashes between him and lamar if they're trying to keep lamar jackson there because you know in talking to dan orlowski yesterday it's just hard to see lamar move on somewhere completely different but That this might indicate that um, it's scary about the competition because looking at the candidates that the Patriots are bringing in for the offensive coordinator position for interviews that have been announced or leaked or whatever thus far, it feels like they're betting on Bill O'Brien. And if Bill O'Brien jumps ship to the Chargers to uh, (laughs) if they have Lamar Jackson there and this is a very desirable destination, too. So it makes me worried about the competition for the Patriots offensive coordinator above all else. Yeah. Uh, Roman had one year left on his deal, believed to be a team option, and his statement said, after visiting with Harbaugh and huddling with my family, I've decided that now is the right time to move on from the Ravens so that I can explore new challenges and opportunities. I truly will miss Baltimore, but at the same time, I'm excited to attack my next opportunity with focus and passion. Um, that's a uh, That's a... A coordinator who I think if you bring him in, you are looking at a guy who is able to improvise. And Lamar Jackson, before Roman got his hooks into him, wasn't considered a particularly impressive quarter. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like with with uh, with Jackson, there was a lot of questions about him. There was a lot of questions about, is he a good enough passer? Is he accurate enough? Is he able to throw in volume like some of these other quarterbacks in the AFC? And those questions all got answered in the affirmative. And I think that Roman had a lot to do with that. I mean, he, he devised an entire offense around him and made him into one of the 
best players of this generation, I'd say. I mean, he's an MVP, for God's sake, uh, just a couple of years ago. So there's there's plenty there. He's an attractive uh, he's an attractive potential OC, I would think, um, out there on the market, and there's plenty of teams that are looking for offensive coordinators. We detailed all of that yesterday. Then that takes us to the <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are cleaning house. Also, maybe losing their quarterback. Oh, man. Definitely losing their offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, who I thought got along great. Remember when Brady went into his house or he went into the wrong house? He thought it was Leftwich's house, but it was the wrong house. Uh, and that was that whole fun thing. And it seemed like those two were just, you know, best buddies. And now out. <laughs> just uh, cleaning house there. Um, this seems like a reaction to uh, to the idea of Brady leaving. It seems like they're going to revamp everything. I think it's a much more foregone conclusion that Brady's leaving Tampa maybe than that Jackson's leaving Baltimore, or maybe they're all leaving, and this is all just teams trying to get out ahead of whatever's next. Yeah. I mean, look, it didn't go the way. Clearly, the season was a disappointment to them. It didn't go the way that they wanted, and if it, it could either be a reaction to Brady planning on leaving, but I don't even know if Brady knows what he's going to do I yet. I plead the fifth. <laughs> You know, the way that his exit interview, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. went uh, after the loss over the weekend or, or on Monday night, it seemed like he was bidding adieu to the Tampa media. It did so seem he was that way. very gracious, kind of like, I'm never going to talk to you again. So it seems strongly like he's not going to be in Tampa. To your point, much more strongly than Lamar Jackson leaving Baltimore. But th- that's partly because. Baltimore has a little bit of a hand to play with the franchise tag. Yeah, they do. They can franchise him. They can also, you know, give him this big contract, which is what he's waiting on, and it's going to have to all be guaranteed, and it's going to have to be, you know, uh, locking him down there for the rest of his career and and locking them into all that money that it's going to cost. But again, see why they're hesitant. Another another team that you're going to be competing with to hire in this position. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a crowded it's a, it's like a it's a, just a very open job market right now. Yeah, it really is. Uh the carousel is up and running. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Ryan Garvin's going to tell you what's trending and when we come back we got a big Big, 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 big basketball game tonight down on Causeway Street. The Warriors are in town, and we'll get to all of the drama surrounding that right after this. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. As we started the show discussing, we have an updated list of candidates who are interviewing with the New England Patriots to be the next offensive coordinator of the team, just to update you. Currently, we are looking at Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, Vikings wide receiver coach Keenan McCardell, Current Patriots tight end coach Nick Cayley, as we talked about yesterday. Oregon assistant head coach and run game coordinator Adrian Clem. But Josina Anderson adds one more name to that list. That would be Cardinals assistant head coach and wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson. Jefferson does have some tie to the Patriots. He did play for the team from 1996 to 1998. The NFL has announced that five teams are set to play in the 2023 international games. The Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, and your New England Patriots will each play international games during 2020, the 2023 regular season. The belief is that the Patriots will be playing somewhere in Germany. Uh, the Buccaneers have fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, and the Ravens and offensive coordinator Greg Roman have agreed to part ways. I believe that sets the vacancies for offensive coordinators to 10 teams right now uh, as we continue through the season. Meanwhile, the Red Sox have made some news today. They signed former Blue Jay Rymel Tapia to a minor league contract, bolstering your outfield depth again. 
Celtics host the Golden State Warriors tonight at 7.30. Jalen Brown's still questionable for that game. And the Bruins, they just keep winning. They beat the Islanders 4-1 last night. They play their second consecutive in New York against the Rangers tonight at 7. I'm Ryan Garvin. That's what's trending on WEEI. And we preview what could end up being the biggest game of the regular season for your Boston Celtics. And we will do that right after this. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Then you have Bill O'Brien, who is certainly a prime candidate here. Most people believe he is the favorite, I would say, to get the offensive coordinator job. Not that anything is done at all. I'm just saying he has firmly established position as someone that many people inside the organization want back. Currently, the Alabama offensive coordinator who is right now out recruiting. Radio WEEI, Christian Archie and Megan Ottolini. And we got a little bit of breaking news here. I don't know if we need the sounder for this, but I can tell you that Ian Rappaport is tweeted. The Patriots have interviewed Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien today for their vacant offensive coordinator job. He is considered a top candidate. Rap sheet then quote tweets a Jacina Anderson tweet about Keenan McCardle, who is interviewing tomorrow and says the Patriots are not done interviewing but they may be by tomorrow. Thank you, Ramshade. It's a little confusing based on what he quoted there. But, uh, yeah, it looks like looks like they're down to the end. O'Brien now getting the interview today. He's already gotten the interview today. Considered the top candidate. They'll uh, interview McArdle tomorrow. Or, uh, or I guess today is Thursday right now. So they're interviewing him today as well. And uh, maybe all done with the process by tomorrow. How did it go? I don't know. We'll I need a follow-up tweet. We'll How did the, interv- the interview happen? How did it go? O'Brien tanked it. Yeah. <laughs> Came in, said, I want to do everything Patricia did. Isn't it kind of weird? <laughs> like, if you come in after you've already worked for someone, and you're like, ah, this is a weird formality, isn't it? Yeah. How you doing? 
Hey, uh, yeah, looks like not so good. You need me back, don't you? Right. And maybe oh, the for kids him are too. certainly getting big, aren't they? How's the missus? Sure are. Oh, that dog's cute. I was sort of thinking I, about I under, that. No, I, like, I understand you sit down and you're, you're probably comparing notes on what O'Brien saw from afar and what he's been doing at Alabama and Bill's talking about, you know, what he believes happened over the last year or right. two years even with Mac. But just the intro. The intro's got to be so strange. <laughs> been a while, Bill. Welcome back. You suppose Patricia's in the meeting? Is he no. in the interviews? No, no, no. That's so awkward. It would be. They no. It would be on brand, wouldn't it? No. For Bill, I, think I can't it would be. imagine. It sounds really hard. I can't. I I I feel like it's probably Bill. I don't know if Jonathan's there. That'd be kind of cruel to make Patricia sit in on those uh, on those interviews. But either way, uh, O'Brien got it today. And I was thinking about something you said yesterday, Megan. You were talking about like young coaches and how coaching with Bill is a big draw for some of these young coaches coming up in the system. Believe it or not, he's still a big deal. I was thinking like for O'Brien in particular, like just because he's the one that they're talking to right now. He worked for him twelve years ago. You know, like less uh, of a big deal. Uh, Fifteen, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, and. Over that time, he was part of a great offense, and they made it to a Super Bowl, and then he went off and coached at Penn State, and then he went to Houston, and then sort of kicked around a little bit, went to Alabama, and now here he is 12 years later applying for the same job he had with the Patriots 11 years ago. You know, I sort of feel like that's what happens with all these coaches. They learn at the foot of Bill. They power up. He gets a recommendation. They go out and coach somewhere else. And they fail miserably, and they come back and work for Bill at, like, half the price. Like That's, like, usually what happens. That's a very familiar story with a lot of these uh, Bill Belichick coaching tree people. Not all of them. Dayball's doing fine. O'Brien at first was doing fine, but now here he is back, you know, applying for the same job he had 12 years ago. You Flores know what I mean? had a nice run. Flores, kind of, until now. I, mean, I think he'll be coaching next year. You think so? I do. After that I think lawsuit he's good. Gets, after that lawsuit gets squared away. Yeah, what lawsuit? I thought yeah, he was good, paperwork. too. I thought he was good, too, until I saw what Tua became this year and how much Tua was like Flores was an a-hole. And uh, Flores really made it hard for me to believe in myself and all these other sort of millennial things. But, like, you know, he, he made that a point of that. He made a point of pointing out the difference between him and Flores. Um, anyways. Well, to that point, just real quick, because I do want to respond. Mm-hmm. We work in a very competitive industry. We do. May not always look like that from the outside, but it's very hard to get jobs and get your next job. And I don't think it's always an indication, like, because you flame out one place, it doesn't indicate that you were horrible, right? No. And then maybe you come back and you have to reset somewhere else and you go somewhere else and you reset somewhere else. It's kind of the nature of the NFL. Like, it's very difficult, even if you're a great very skilled, very smart coach. I'm not saying that every field coach is like some great coach who just got a bad shake. Right. There are but some I, of those. I, but I I do yeah. think that there are cases, especially in the Belichick coaching tree, where you can point to and say, well, that that timing was kind of bad or that situation wasn't great that they went that he went into. Or, you know, it doesn't mean that they're like a total crap coach mm. in every sense. Mangini, uh McDaniels. I mean, he's been bad twice now, you know, like he's kind of out there. He's gone out into the world and it hasn't still worked has out. Still has a job. He does still have a job because they can't afford to fire him. Um, That's true. Uh, Patricia and Judge, I don't have to tell you about those guys. I guess Dean Pease went off and, you know, had a had a decent little career there. He was uh, he was in Atlanta. He was in a couple other places. And the truth is, Brian Flores was just too strong of a man for those Miami Dolphins. Apparently. Apparently they that not was the, bend to their yachty ways. That was the issue. Every um, time, really quick, every time you think of the yacht meeting, what do you think of? 
like the story that came out about he's on the yacht and Brady shows up on the yacht and he's like, this is tampering. Yeah. Uh, I think of uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in that baller show. That's what you think? That's what I think of. What See, do you think of? See, I immediately think of Wolf of Wall Street ah. when Leo starts throwing money at Coach Taylor from mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights yep. and he has the lobster. That's how I picture that that went when Flores started walking off the boat. Yeah, that's uh, it's probably better than mine. Um, 617-779-7937. There's <laughs> anyway. the phone number. Um, should, let's take a couple of calls here on this. I know we're going to talk Celtics. Uh, we'll do that in just a second. First, let's get to your uh, Patriots coaching calls. We'll start with Carlos in Rhode Island. Hi, Carlos. Hey, guys. How, hey, guys. How are you? How you doing, Carlos? Not too bad. So, um, with this whole OC uh interviewing this really angers me because i feel that this year was was a wasted season this should have been done the minute mcdaniel's left i mean you're you're wasting uh matt jones's rookie contract as they like to say and my other question well i have a question so if they're interviewing mccardell and uh jefferson would would that mean Say if they hired them, they'd go in a whole new offense, opposed to just Billy O'Brien. Yeah, probably. I'd imagine oh, O'Brien. Good question. O'Brien would probably uh, bring his own offense in too. I think anybody who comes in here is not just going to continue what Matt Patricia and Joe Judge built last season. I would, so I would hope they go in a very different direction. But I could, I honestly, I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, I really don't know. I wonder though, with McCardle and uh, and Jefferson, these wide receivers, if they do come in, what would that would mean for someone like Troy Brown? You know, Troy Brown's the wide receivers coach. He's not really getting talked about as a potential offensive coordinator. You bring in a guy who was a wide receivers coach, make him the OC, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe he wants his own guy and Troy Brown's out. Like, that, I could see that happening. I wouldn't want that to happen, but I sort of wonder about that when you bring in these very wide receiver-centric potential uh, coordinators. Well, it may be a risk with whatever offensive coordinator you bring in. Sure. If you, if Bill is really handing the reins over on that side the way that he did with Josh McDaniels, that, he, that guy will probably have his own guys who he wants to bring in and have in different uh, positions. It might work out if that guy's not Nick Cayley and all of a sudden you need a new tight ends coach and you know there's been a little bit of a void since Ivan Fears left so you need you know it's, it's a really strong running back group but maybe that gets rejiggered a little bit so I don't know there's going to be a lot of turnover uh, what was the first part of his question? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Um, he was upset about wasting a year of Mac Jones oh, or whatever. That was, yeah, I no, that. I mean, yeah. look, obviously we agree with that. You can't, it, it's not even just about the rookie contract that you're not getting the bang for your buck, but you you heard his development. You yeah. set him back. Like yeah. You didn't just put him in a holding pattern. I think you actually screwed with him. And that's one of the worst things you can do with a young quarterback, you know, if not the worst. Uh, 617-779-7937. Let's go to David in the car. Hey, David. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thank you for taking the call as Got always. It, so before I make my comment about Tommy Kerr and, and, and his contacts, I, I do have one thing about all these coaches that were here before and left, and they weren't very successful. I, I think we all forget the reason, the reason they're all pretty successful here was part of the reason Brady was here. Right. So you look back all those years, you, they had Brady made him look good. They went elsewhere. They didn't have Brady, and, and that was part of the issue. So now let's see how they do when they come back here without Brady. That that's the challenge, and that's really the, your 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 test. Now, as far as Billy O'Brien interviewing today, and uh, if Mr. Tommy Ekern has all these connections, inside connections, why hasn't he reported on it? 
He should have already. We'll I mean, ask him. If he, if we'll ask him about that today, David. We'll talk to him at uh, four thirty, and we'll ask him that exact question. We'll say David in the car wants to know why you've been slacking off on reporting these uh, these meetings and these interviews. Uh, he's very upset about it. Um, the that's called again, pulling a Greg are, Hill. These are yeah. These are a lot of. Uh, these are a lot. Shime of here says that you're questions. a real lousy coach, Bill. What do you think about that? <laughs> why didn't you have that, Tom? What the hell? Yeah, what's that about? Um, yeah, we'll ask him. We'll be talking. Why with didn't Tommy you have it, Arkan? Because I'm not a reporter. I'm not a reporter, and I'm not, I don't pretend to be one, and that's why I don't ever ask anybody questions, because that is not my job. <laughs> the fir- what about the first part of that, that that these other coaches, that these former Bill assistants go elsewhere and get head coaching jobs, and they don't succeed because they don't have Tom Brady? Like that's is that is Brady the only thing that made assistants look good here? It's a wonder how, you, how any of the other teams in football have won exactly games like Brady that's then. this little uh, like appreciate the call, David, but it's a little silly. Like yeah. you can't blame Matt Patricia going to Detroit and putting out one of the worst defensive teams that Detroit has ever had, which is saying a lot, like statistically, for the Detroit Lions on well, he didn't have Tom Brady. Like that, that doesn't really equate. I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. Yes, I did a very good job <laughs> stepping in front of that path. Uh, a lot of people thought that was Malcolm Butler. It was not Malcolm Butler. That was me, Matt Patricia. We look alike. Uh, by the Brian way, people are stupid. The people have pointed out to me that Matt Patricia does not sound like how I <laughs> voice him. I just want to say that is how I. He looks like someone who talks like that, and that's why I do that voice. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> he looks like a person who talks like this. And by the way, this voice is from. Remember the show Doug on Nickelodeon? So yes. Yeah. That show? Remember his neighbor? Very expensive. Yes. The, the, <laughs> hello, Douglas. Like that guy. Like that's what that's who it's based off of. It's not anything else. It's the weird purple guy from the show Doug is who the Matt Patricia voice is in case anyone was curious uh, 617-779-7937 <laughs> give me one of your best jokes <laughs> right here <Douglas. laughs> So stupid. Mr. Um, Dink. Mr. Dink. That's his name. Yes, thank you. Mr. Dink. Matt Patricia's Mr. Dink. Yes, yes, I am. And I'm very, I'm a very good defensive back. Come on, let me have it. (laughs) (laughs) Throw that path, Russell Wilson. I'll pick it off. (laughs) I made the greatest play in Super Bowl history. (laughs) Anyways, um, we were going to talk, we were going to talk Celtics here. We might as well just sort of uh, uh, tie the rope here on this. Bill O'Brien, if, uh, if he's the guy we should start getting ready for uh, a lot of a lot of propaganda, I think, coming out of Foxborough about Bill O'Brien and what he was there and what he's been since then. Because I do think that if we're going to take a honest look at Bill O'Brien and the type of coach that he is and the way that he uh, relates to players and, and other things of that nature, you have to look at the way things ended in Houston. You have to. I know he's not going to be the head coach here. Fine. I don't know that the head coach has a great relationship with his players here in Foxborough right now. I don't know that. I don't think that it's great. I think that there's a lot of people there who are still pretty sore over this whole offense thing and maybe don't have a ton of confidence in their head coach. You bring in someone like Bill O'Brien, there's a proxy, there's, you know, okay, he's going to be in charge of you guys now and it's going to be someone who knows what he's doing. That's fine, and that's a step up from what you had. Bill O'Brien also alienated a lot of those Houston Texans, and I totally forgot about this. I was listening to the playmaker, Michael Irvin, talking about this on his way in here with uh, Gresham Fourier. He also really, really invested a lot in that Easterby guy. Remember Jack Easterby? He was all in with Jack Easterby. Easterby He brought him in. Easterby was park the car guy, right? Um... Was he yes. Park the Car Guy? Stand-up co- yeah, comedy. His, yeah, yeah, His stand-up yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy. Yeah, they park got this the car, phrase, guy, it's yeah. gotta go park the car. This is the worst stand-up comedy, and that's saying a lot. Ever. What's up, kid? What you looking at, son? Not your kid, not your son. Just here for the game, bro. Like, chill out, man. That's, that's funny. It's very funny there, Jack Easterby. 
Who was the running back that tried to do stand-up comedy? Um, the guy who had that one really good game, and then uh, you never saw him again. Oh, was it Jonas? Jonas Gray. Gray. Yeah, Jonas Gray did stand-up oh, God, comedy. Does do Blake Griffin still do uh, stand-up? I never know oh, that he's gainfully he's, employed. He does stand up, and you know Boston's got a good scene. Yeah, at least Blake Griffin is likable. I think. Boston, right? Everybody says this phrase in the shoes. It's like, yo, we got to go park the car. Nailed it. Like we got to do what? What are you talking about? We got to go park the car. I'm like, what are you? What are you? I hate it so much. He's like a. There's no punchline. If, if there's a T-shirt in the middle of the mall that like got up and started walking around and talking, that's what it it would be. That sarcastic comment yeah. noted. Uh, yeah, yeah, think yeah. That's relatable. The, the T-shirt like gets off the rack Give and it's like wicked pissa. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Brutal. Laser show. I'm just saying, Bill O'Brien's a step up from what you have, but can we stop acting like this is the perfect hire and that he's had a perfect record and that he's never, uh, you know, had things go really badly for him in the NFL level? Like, the way things ended in Houston, that franchise, look at them since he left. He dragged that thing down into the mud, and they haven't been able to pull themselves out of there since then. Okay, It's been, it's been rough there. They were on hard knocks while he was there. True. You know, like, it's not like he inherited some great franchise. No. That he had to up, like, oh, man, how is he going to follow this? How is he going to uphold this? Like, it's not like he went in and he's one of these uh, just, you know, silly morons who gets put into place by uh, down in Dallas or whatever. It's not like one after the other. I feel like, again, that's an incident with O'Brien. Like, that's where I'd be willing to give him another shot as a head coach. Even though he's from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and a lot of most of them have flamed out as head coaches elsewhere, he does relate to players well. Like I think this is interesting. Aside from uh, DeAndre Hopkins and how things ended in with the Texans, wouldn't say he related too well to him. Yeah, <laughs> like not that one. And, and that I, trade they made was a horrible trade too. Well, uh, when they traded him GM, out of there, no, so. he wouldn't. But. You know, that's sort of what it came to. Like, it was such an impossible position that they ended up making a bad trade just because the coach and the star player couldn't get along. Like, you know, you got a guy here in Mac Jones who was shown to be a little bit emotional sometimes, who was shown to maybe light up his coach here and there. See, and, that's you know what where I, mean? I like, push back, though, because I feel like he and Mac would get along well for many reasons. Yeah? Oh, so many reasons. Like? So many reasons. Okay, I'll list off two. One, and we'll get into this a little bit later because uh, Jeff Howe was on Andrew Callahan's Pat's Interference podcast, which is really good. If mm-hmm. you haven't listened to it, subscribe to it. Um, and Jeff Howe was talking about the point that Mac made several times, tripled down on, about wanting to be coach harder. Sure. If he wants to get yelled at, if he's like, you know, a little uh, masochist that way and wants to be coach harder and wants someone to yell back yeah, at him when he yell yells at on me. the sideline. Scream at me. Curse me out. Make me run. That's, Spit in my mouth. That's totally Bill O'Brien. And I don't think it would uh, compute the same way with other guys because Bill knows what he's talking about. Do you think that's really what Mac wants? Mac yes, wants some I guy do. riding them all the time he's and calling a, him out and yelling in his face like and all that. that. The other thing is he comes, like, Mac needs the trust. He needs somebody he can trust in. Okay. And this is coming from one of the most trusted places in the world for Mac Jones, which is Alabama and Nick Saban. Like, Nick Saban is Mac Jones' safe space. (laughs) And so if Nick Saban has Bill O'Brien in his good graces, which I think personally they still do, you know, even though Alabama's season didn't go the way that they wanted it to with the national championship appearance even, I think that that 
for just for a starting point after things frayed so much with the last offensive coordinator, even though he never got the title with Mac Jones, having that starting point, it's like, oh, okay, this is one of my guys. You know, this is like my cousin. My cousin's here. I can trust him. We'll Let's see. Rebuild. I hope so. I hope that that's the relationship that they have. I really do because I think that Mac needs it, and for the good uh, future of this franchise, I think that that's something that really would be much better than the alternative. But I think when Mac Jones talked about I want to be coached harder, he meant I want a coach who knows what the hell he's talking about. Okay, who well can you're talk getting to you, who you're getting something. that here, but that's a very small thing, you know. Like any other I offensive coordinator that's not, that's knows what they're doing ahead of Matt Patricia. No, he said I want to have uncomfortable conversations. Like I want to confront the issues because I was like, oh, this he's is confronting interesting. the issues right on the field. He was confronting. That's them what he right was trying face. to do. Yeah, he was like, yell back at me, push back. Oh my god, like stand up to this. We'll explain me. something. <laughs> Tell me I've been a dirty little pig boy. Mm, <laughs> Rub yeah. my face in it. Six you know months. what I'm going to do? <laughs> Instead, I'm going to say, was it really that bad for Mac Jones? Hey, put that out there, fellas. Will you write it? Was it really that bad for Mac Jones? Nah. Leak it out there, fellas. That's fine. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back, John Tomasi doesn't want us yelling at Draymond Green. He thinks that we should not yell at Draymond Green. Don't boo Draymond. Don't curse at him. Don't say anything bad. We'll get to that next. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Your thoughts on the crowd's response to him all night? On the, cl- on the crowd's uh, response to Draymond? Yeah. Uh, classy. Very classy. What were your impressions of the crowd and the environment tonight, and how much was, a fa- was that a factor in the game? Um, it was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. I know Hazel is very upset just because our kids were at the game and they're listening to that. I don't make much of it. And we okay. We walked out of there smiling with our head held high. Me chasing him down the hallway and him having a good time. And that's how we're going to walk out of there on Friday. All right, back here, Sports Radio WEEI. we got a big Celtics game tonight, so let's get into it. Uh, that was from... Last year, obviously, in the finals, 
the Garden Faithful really giving it to Draymond Green, who was out there playing like an a-hole in that series. This is how he usually plays when he gets to the finals. This is a guy who's very famous for uh, kicking opponents square in the jewels, uh, getting suspended for finals games. I mean, Draymond Green's been kind of a loose cannon when it comes to stuff like that. He was last year. The fans probably going to get on him anyway, but definitely were, uh, were raining down on him. I thought it was interesting because up until, I guess, November or whenever it was that he first brought up the race thing, I kind of thought that for all the, you know, stereotypes and everything that Boston gets, and I'm not saying they don't, we don't deserve it here. I mean, clearly there's a lot of work still to do. I kind of thought the finals last year was a good example of, see, this is what you can be. You can be booing people. You can say F you, Draymond. You can say these things that aren't nice things to say, but you can do it without being racist. And then in November and now more recently, he sort of brought up that there was racial stuff to it, which to me, I mean, I'm not saying that he's lying now and I'm not saying that he was lying then. I am saying that the story seems to have changed a little bit because the first... uh, response he had to it was yeah you know i like the energy that the celtics fans had i liked i liked the back and forth f you draymond f you too ha 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 it's funny this is what i like this is the kind of player that i am and then it sort of switched to something worse you know nefarious and darker and racist and you know all all that which if that was the case initially it seemed like a weird response to sort of laugh and joke about it and then talk about it all this time later at the white house or whenever it was he talked to uh, ramona shelburne so again i'm not here to call him a liar or anything i'm not saying i think he's lying i'm just saying that it was one thing and then it became another thing and that as a boston fan and someone who works in this market bothered me just because you know i thought all right well maybe boston fans are starting to get a little bit more maybe you're starting to understand here that you can be good fans and you can get on a player's case and you can do all that without crossing whatever line that got crossed there so i don't know i'll tell you this John Tomasi doesn't think we should be crossing any lines, <laughs> any uh, lines at all. Sorry. <laughs> um, do you have his column up? Yeah, I do. So, uh, or I just did. Hold on, let me grab it. I'll grab it in a second. Oh, here it is. So, Tomasi uh, is basically saying, during last year's NBA Finals, the TD Garden crowd managed to get under Draymond's skin for all of one game. He kicked everyone's ass up and down the floor thereafter. I understand the urge, but he can take your abuse and turn it into rocket fuel. So please don't. He goes on to, you know, why the trying to rattle the cage of the opposition is a time-honored tradition in Boston and the success or lack of success there and the place for it. But basically with this guy in particular, don't be shouting, you know, F you Draymond and he's going to turn it into something for himself and Here's the thing, um, and I, I honestly, I don't, I'm not in a position to touch on his experience at all or anyone's experience if they have had that kind of disgusting language volleyed at them mm-hmm. at sports events. Like, that's, there's just, I don't think, I hope I don't have to say, like, there's no, there's no place, there's no time. That's, it's absolutely disgusting and unacceptable. And if you ever hear somebody next to you at an event say something along those lines, uh, I don't know. I know violence is not the answer, but it, I also wouldn't fault it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's disgusting. It I'll say it that way. Uh, but the thing with Draymond is, and the thing with the NBA is, Draymond courts this interaction. He has a podcast. Like, he goes out there, and if he thrives off it, this is one of my favorite things about the NBA, you know, is, like, going back to school to spike and reggie miller with like choking on the sideline like 
this sometimes we forget that this is entertainment. It's incredible competition. Athletes, this is their livelihood. This is, you know, generational wealth. They take this incredibly seriously and they only get to play for a short amount of time. And we see these great feats and generations of families are wrapped up in the laundry of these teams. And I appreciate all of that. It's also fun to heckle. Like, can we can we keep it fun? Can we keep having fun with it? Yeah. And the other thing is like, dude, it's a 7.30 game on a Thursday. Like, we're not talking about a 1 p.m. matinee on Sunday, like on a long weekend. This is, this is adults' time, okay? Like, my feeling is if, if, the, if a 7.30 game is tipping off at, like, 7.45. Like, so, okay. The game pretty much starts at 8. If you're bringing your kid to an 8 p.m. game on Thursday, like, you're essentially bringing them to the bar. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Sure, at yeah. least pretty in, cool parent then. <laughs> at least in Boston. Father of the year. <laughs> like it, it might be different in uh in another if you're at the Chase Center. Might not be I've been there. That's not really the atmosphere. It's pretty different. I'd imagine. But it, it, that's that's what you're exposing your kid to. Yeah. Like I went to football games growing up at uh FedEx and it was I heard some pretty interesting language. And I've learned it, and I've Did kept it in my back pocket. you ever see those old guys pocket, who wore so. the dresses and the pig masks? That was before my time. That was I mean, they, time? those guys are still around, but yeah. that was like that was super glory days. Okay. Yeah, those guys are great. Um, the hogs. Yeah, the hogs. Uh, here's the thing about Draymond Green that I, I sort of agree with you. There, uh, we're talking about a major hothead, and I do think that John Tomasi has a point here. I'm not sure that he. I agree with the way that he made it, but the point being, you go after Draymond Green like that. He uses it and it fuels him, and then he goes out and he plays better. Now, does that mean he's going to score 35 points and grab 20 rebounds and give you like a Giannis stat line? No, of course not. But that means that he'll use that, internalize it, get rebounds, uh, make plays, uh, get on defense, and frustrate guys like Brown and Tatum. And uh, that's you know I think the the point that he was trying to make there, along with you know grow up a little bit, Boston fans. But I I to that say no. Uh, obviously don't cross lines that you shouldn't cross. That goes without saying. But in terms of the anger and hatred towards Golden State, I embrace that. I hope that it continues. I hope that it continues to uh, burn like this because the Celtics don't have anybody left. There's no rivalries left for the Celtics. All My entire life as a Celtics fan, going all the way back to my, the day I was born in 1982, there was a team that the Celtics played that you hated. You hated them. You hated Detroit. You hated the Lakers. You hated the Bucks. You hated the Knicks. You hated uh, in the '90s. You hated like those those New Jersey Nets teams with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin. Oh, I love those Nets teams. You hated the Lakers with Kobe. You hated uh, everybody. You know what I mean? Like it just it did. Then you hated LeBron with the Cavs. Uh, and recently you hated Brooklyn and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You own Brooklyn now. You own that team. You'd never lose to them anymore. Do you have a hatred rivalry with uh, Milwaukee? I don't think so. Miami, maybe a little, but I don't feel like there's a lot of anger there. There's still anger. There's still hatred with Golden State. I think you're a little, little scared of Miami. Uh, me? <laughs> no, I'm saying Celtics. Oh, the Celtics yeah. are. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I don't think that you have that same kind of burning anger. Maybe the Heat do, but the Celtics don't for them. They do for Golden State. It's the only team left. It's the only team left that you have this kind of thing with. And I say, hold on to it and keep it keep it burning. Well, so <laughs> Tomasi's point here, he says, you know, if... Uh, if Draymond gets the ball, instead of chanting F you Draymond, you should chant for him to shoot. You know, because that's what he's not going to do. It's not a bad idea. Because he's washed. Yeah. I guess the F you thing just doesn't it doesn't bother me. 
And like I said, maybe I'd feel differently if it was like a Saturday, Sunday afternoon. And, you know, there's the cute kids there in the oversized jerseys and they just want to see Tatum Mm -hmm. and everything. But that's that's not like we're all adults. I Except don't understand. Deuce Tatum is going to be there, and he's not an adult. But other than that, well, he's used Deuce to Deuce will it. be leading yeah. the FU Draymond. He hears chance. it all the time. Come on, yeah, Deuce. <laughs> Deuce with a little middle be, fingers. In his face. <laughs> it'd be pretty funny if Deuce is leading that. Deuce like trips Draymond as he walks <laughs> yeah. by. Uh, Six one seven. Shouts seven, at him. Seven, That's seven, for nine. my dad. Seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. We'll get to your phone calls, and we have some more news coming out of the uh, of the NFL. Another coordinator has been relieved of his duties in the AFC East. We'll tell you who it is right after this. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.